Welcome to the Wandering Bard Podcast. Hi, thanks for joining me today. A couple quick notes before I get started and diving into the tune this week. I wanted to point out that there's a new local project on the website. I stumbled upon this awesome little session in this village called Castle Connell, which is in County Limerick. I ended up renting a room in this great little pub, and they had a session one of the days that I was staying there, which ended up being one of my favorites of my last trip. The owner of the pub was a Bones player, and I also got this Bowen player who was part of the session to join too. We did the session at about 3 in the morning, and it probably took us about 50 takes to get us something coherent enough to use. I'll just say there's definitely some benefits to befriending the pub owner in situations like that. I also recently got to represent the folk music of Scotland and Ireland in the Maryland National Guard's Unity Day event. I think the set turned out pretty well, and it was cool to see all the other people who came out to represent with food and music and dancing from their cultures as well. Today I'm going to be discussing a tune called Farewell to Whiskey. This is one of the less common tunes that I've covered, but I think it's a fun little tune with some interesting anecdotes to go with it. Though I will admit, finding a full podcast of worthwhile information about it did prove a little difficult. It's frequently listed as a polka in Irish circles and played with a tune called The Girl Dressed in Blue, but its origins are actually Scottish and it's played as an air, which is kind of ironic because a polka and an air are about as different kinds of tune types as you can get. A polka is very high energy and an air is slow and mournful. It was written by a Scottish composer named Neil Gow, who was also kind of famous like James Scott Skinner was if you listen to that podcast. They kind of were around in the same area and were competitors of a type. Gow was extremely important to the proliferation of Scottish music, so I'll definitely be doing a podcast on him at some point. The earliest transcribed version of this tune was in a collection of music titled Neil Gow's First Collection of Reels, which came out in 1784. But later, a revised edition was published in 1801 to include this tune. It may be known by other names such as Lady's Triumph, Murphy's Favor, My Love is But a Lassie, or The Rose in the Garden. One way to know for sure whether you're playing a Scottish or Irish version of this tune is if there is an E in the title where whiskey is. The rule of thumb is that if there is an E in the country from which the whiskey hails, then you would use an E to spell it. So for example, W-H-I-S-K-Y would be whiskey from either Scotland or Canada. Neither has an E in its name. However, Ireland and United States of America both have E's in their name, so you would spell it W-H-I-S-K-E-Y. Some notable performance of this tune can be heard from Frankie Gavin, John McKenna, Dennis Murphy, Julia Clifford, and Cherish the Ladies. As Neil Gow comments in his fifth collection of tunes, it is representative of a Highlander's sorrow at being deprived of his favorite beverage. Basically what happened was in 1799 in Scotland, there was a barley shortage. Up until then, people were allowed to make small amounts of whiskey for themselves. But when the shortage happened, the government enacted a form of prohibition that then restricted them from doing this. Whether it was actually adhered to or not is entirely debatable. But if nothing else, it was inspiration for this great little tune. There is a happy ending, and that's that the crop did come back and the prohibition was lifted, which then inspired another tune titled Whiskey Welcome Back Again. 
That tune is a bouncy little Strathspey, and James Scott Skinner actually included it in one of his collections of music as well. Not surprisingly, Skinner was quite insultory towards Neil Gow on the initial tune that was inspired by these circumstances. He called it very slow and pathetic. The importance of whiskey in this era shouldn't be understated. It was a virtual requirement for births, marriages, deaths, ceremonies of almost any kind, so the idea of prohibition was pretty intense. Oftentimes, people would have stores of it buried around their houses in anticipation of events like this. I read one story of a Glen Lyon man who immigrated, forgetting to bring his whiskey with him. He wrote back to his friends, telling them where it was and asking that it be shipped to him, but they never found it, or so they claimed. Eventually, lyrics were added to this tune. One of the verses goes, You've surely heard of the famous Neil, the man that played the fiddle wheel. I what he was, a canty chill, and dearly loved the whiskey-o. And ace and he wore tartan hose, he dearly loathed the Athel bros. And way was he, you may suppose, to bid farewell to whiskey-o. Neil Gow was almost as famous a drinker as he was a fiddle player and composer, and these lyrics make mention of one of his favorite indulgences, Athel Bros. This mixture was made by combining honey, whiskey, and oatmeal. The idea was that the whiskey would soak into the oatmeal and then it was supposed to prevent a hangover. Neil Gow was famous basically for walking miles and miles to play for the royalty of the day. Um, he would go anywhere from 12 to 14 miles in a day, and he couldn't afford to be hung over, so this was his drink of choice so that he could walk 14 miles and play the show and drink all night and then walk back to wherever he came from or walk to the next show the next day. Neil Gow lived to be 80, so he must have been doing something right. There's apparently a children's game called A Step Dance that is played in the Isle of Man just using the A part of this, but I couldn't find much of that beyond an anecdotal reference on a message board from someone who said they were from there. As a whiskey fan, I thought it might be apt to take the time to delve into this topic a little bit more. For those that are wondering what the difference is between whiskey and scotch and bourbon, the difference is primarily geographic but also ingredients. Scotch is whiskey that is made in Scotland, while bourbon is whiskey made in the USA, typically Kentucky. Scotch is made mostly from malted barley, while bourbon is made from corn. In order to be considered scotch, it must be distilled in Scotland and matured for a minimum of three years in oak casks, among some other more specific criteria. If there is an age statement on the bottle in any form, it has to reflect the age of the youngest scotch that was used to produce the product. Basically what this means is sometimes you'll see whiskeys that are blends, which means the producer or manufacturer took two whiskeys and mixed them together. A lot of times people will do this to make a whiskey smoother. But if you have a 12-year and an 18-year whiskey and you mix them together, you have to reference it as a 12-year whiskey. This is a pretty deep field and I'd like to do a dive into it, but I just kind of wanted to give a cursory once-over since it came up because of the tune. Interestingly enough, for a country so tied to a specific type of alcoholic beverage, whiskey wasn't always the most indulged beverage in Scotland. In 1690, the Parliament actually encouraged the distillation of brandy and spirits of corn in the United Kingdom. This led to a massive surge in gin production and consumption, which was actually blamed for widespread health problems and social unrest. 
it's expected that the mortality rate as a result of this actually helps stabilize London's rapidly growing population. And eventually, the Gin Acts of 1736 and 1751 were passed to tax and regulate the production of gin. As I was doing my research, I found a quote from a football player named George Best who played for Manchester United and Northern Ireland. He died from the effects of alcohol in 2005, and he says, I spent a lot of my money on booze, birds, and fast cars. The rest I just squandered. Another quote I found was, in 1969, I gave up women and alcohol, and it was the worst 20 minutes of my life. I say all this jokingly, but I don't intend to glamorize the consumption of alcohol for sure. I've certainly seen what it's like for family members and friends and even myself at times to struggle with the consumption of alcohol. So if you think you might need help, I'll post some links to some resources in the show notes. Getting back to the late 1700s Prohibition era in Scotland, it is possible that this wasn't entirely influenced by the failure of the barley crop that year. Presbyterian ministers in parishes all over Scotland essentially viewed the replacement of beer, which they thought was a wholesome drink, by anything else to be a detrimental societal move. There was a lot of other similar social shifts that were happening in this era. To include an increase in the demand for wine and stronger ale by the lower class, as well as the higher end of society entertaining more in their homes. Since the homes were generally run by the female codes of politeness, this period in time is also often pointed to as being the reason for some changes in the social ideas of etiquette and manners. Whatever the reason for this era's inception and subsequent cancellation, we now have two great tunes to thank it for, one of which I'm going to play for you right now.
So there it is, another one in the books. Thanks for tuning in. I think what I'm going to do is make a recording of the second tune that goes with this, the Welcome Back Whiskey, and put it up on the Patreon page for people who donate. So if you're interested in hearing that, please check out my Patreon page. I have some other rewards and stuff like that that you can get for, for being a sponsor. Uh, my dear mother, who is one of my biggest supporters, she recently did the highest tier uh, reward, which is basically where you give me some context or a story or something, and I write a song for you based on that. So I'm going to put that up too, just so people can see if they want to donate, what they'll be getting in exchange for their money. Uh, I think the song turned out really well. She wanted me to write a song for my dad about my youngest son. So it could definitely be a good, unique gift if you're struggling to find something to give to a loved one. Once again, please check out the new local project. It's on YouTube and on the website as well. Another thing that happened, I was out busking not too long ago, and there was this dance battle group that was kind of busking near me, and one of the kids who was doing it, he came up and he heard the violin, and he was getting all into it. And so uh, we kind of did a on-the-spot collaboration together. It was definitely my most responded to video, so check it out on YouTube uh, or the Facebook page. So a bit of a short episode this week. Trying to stay consistent with all kinds of projects, with live performing and Patreon page and YouTube and all that stuff, the local projects. So anyway, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, be bold, be kind, and safe travels wherever your wandering takes you.